Hello and welcome to episode one of our new podcast for Real Fear Records, Making It Make Sense. Each episode, we're going to be talking with someone who's met something in the music industry, be that a song, a studio, a band, um, or anything of that nature, and asking them how they did it. First, today, we're with Happy Alone. We're going to talk about their track, uh, Letter to My Mental Health. We're going to be breaking down the technical side of it and the songwriting and... Uh, any other parts of it that we can think about talking about? How's it going? Not bad, Sham. Not too bad. I'm doing well. I'm going to sit out here outside while we have the nice weather for it. Just to... So, tell me about the track. How did you put it together? What was the... What's the background for it? Uh, Who wrote it? one of the first kind of songs that came out of like uh, a lockdown binge like it was kind of in the first few weeks of lockdown when we were kind of like oh will we get out of it or are we not like and uh, I was thinking like oh yeah this is last like two months max like what a lot of bucks. and uh, I don't know one day I was kind of just like because my first time like um, getting the proper pen to paper like normally I write a lot of songs in my notes on my phone like but I just kind of yeah. wrote it down like a letter <laughs> to my mental uh, health. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know where the idea came from, but it just kind of—I don't know. I kind of just wrote itself. Like I kind of put pen to the paper and just kind of, just kind of came out of me. Like because I was just feeling—I don't know—I was already on a bit of a shitty going into the lockdown and being stuck inside my own room for cope, like, yeah. numerous hours of the day. Like to just fucking—I don't know. I suppose it just gave me, in a way, like time to like actually like think about what was going on in my head, and then somehow process it but also just made it a lot worse too like so that's how it started anyway yeah <laughs> do you feel like because you wrote it down on actual paper i don't know if you wrote it from top to bottom start to finish but did that change how it came out in the end how the lyrics were structured because like i feel like that's a pretty difficult way to write a song yeah yeah no yeah it did definitely i think it changed kind of <clears throat> i suppose like the feeling behind it like because yeah normally you might come up with a chorus and you kind of write that and then you you know whatever it was just kind of words and how to make them fit rather than like you know oh, i wrote this yeah. chorus now i need to write a verse just to fit with the chorus because the chorus is good but like i just need to make a less good chorus for the verse uh kind of thing so going top to bottom was challenging to word it but that's i think why the, like the music's so simple in it like it was like yeah all right i'm saying a lot here i don't want it to be yeah. like some of our more like hectic songs i just wanted to be simple and you know to the point yeah yeah definitely one of the most honest songs and more like straight to the point ones so the other songs were lies they were full of falsehoods yeah. absolutely yeah just making stuff up really like <laughs> <laughs> more or less honest. well it is one of the most honest but it's like i think the fact that there's so little vocal manipulation going on makes it seem yeah. even more honest do you know what i mean you can kind of hear every yeah. word rather than i'm just like <laughs> uh, drums well it's drums bass and guitar but the guitar i don't i think it's a real guitar but the bass is a pitch down guitar so it's actually just drums okay. and guitar really <laughs> how did you come up with the, the chorus actually no, 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 no there's some piano in the chorus to be fair but like yeah in general it's is there yeah there is yeah. Yeah. a small bit of a drone the whole yeah. way through it there's a drone it was yeah i kind of I don't know, again, it was like, you know, writing the lyrics, it's like, how do I make it super simple? So I kind of, I probably yeah. just found 
the beat on Splice or something and just looped it and then just played the guitar riff kind of over and over because it's, it's very like a uh, almost car, what's the one Corn Bailey Ray like oh, oh, yeah. put your, your records, records on. on bam 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 yeah <laughs> bam bam <laughs> a little tinge of that to it I just wanted something simple and like kind of you know no crazy guitar leads no nothing like so yeah What's your workflow like? Does that so, is that something that? How do you go about writing songs usually, and how does that differ from it? Do you have a way that you always? No, I know what you mean though. I think because like it can kind of stem from anything. Like I haven't haven't written a lot recently because my room is like fucking. You don't even want to see it. Like I tried to like re redesign it and made it ten times worse. Um, I have no space now in my room. Somehow I've like deleted space, so I don't really like fucking do much writing because like my brain can't hack it. So I'm gonna do it in my room first now, anyways. But I know it can come from like you know uh, sitting down with like an acoustic guitar and just jamming out, or like with a bass, or else the words come first. Or the, normally the music comes first though, so that was kind of a weird one. Where the yeah. lyrics were coming first, but um, I don't know. Usually we kind of just be making music, make beats. And if something sticks like out that's kind of good enough to write over, then we'll kind of just try to do it. And if then you write over it and it's not good enough, then you just delete it. Even though the beat could be insane. That's the problem. Like, with so many fucking beats like that we just want to get out. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can't write I know over them because like, it's so complicated. Like, Yeah. I, I know what you mean about that. Like, you can come up with um, just instrumental parts. Like, if you're yeah. just doing nothing and you can come up with that stuff and then if you look at it later sometimes it just makes no sense in terms of a song but it sounds very good at the time when yeah, you're doing it what, what but do you do with that shit? like so yeah making an actual vehicle for a song rather than just a really really yeah, cool really beat nice. but, but you know what i find particularly i like i don't know if, if you guys feel the same about this but I, I sometimes when i watch interviews with musicians which i don't do that much anymore but i used to do a lot yeah um when people are writing like when i do a song if I sit down and I do the whole thing in one go, um, I'll be able to finish the whole thing. But if I sit down and I do it in two parts, it's usually terrible. Like, it's usually, you have yeah. to keep the energy. Yeah, it's, I suppose, like, kind of, like, what you're capturing when you're writing is a moment in time, like, you know, yeah. as, like, do you know what I mean? It's like, and like, trying not to sound, like, very cliche, but it is, like, you know, it's like, how do I feel exactly in this moment right now? And then when you try to, like, spark that up, how do you, how do you reinvigorate a feeling that you felt in an exact yeah. moment? Like, how do you do that? Like, That's like a lot of the yeah. a lot of the tunes would be a lot of a lot of things from the demo almost, like the original things that Phil would come up with. Really? Yeah, we don't like like the the vocals on Private Sedative, uh, Let's Run Away. Actually, every single song we've put out, I think, have been the demo vocals. Bar, I don't know. Wait, every time we record. Yeah, every time the vocals are trying to be re-recorded, like we all just agree that they have they're not good. Like, and the original demo vocals yeah. are just I know the like, demoitis or what, like, but it just I don't know. It just feels right. You but know, again, that's it like, because that's because you you never feel more passionate about something than when you've just when you make yeah when when you've just come up with it. Like, it seems like the I best song that you know yeah. <laughs> you've ever done. Yeah, like even but if I it's terrible. It's, like, yeah, yeah, like I, yeah, I suppose it's just a different kind of method. Like, it's like you know, you see like someone like in um, 
say Billy Eilish, for example, like, you know, she's like meticulous about her vocals and doesn't use all the yeah. and does like 60 different layers of vocals. Like, I couldn't yeah. fathom how to begin that. I couldn't be arsed as well half time. Like, what's so cool about her is how, how thick the vocals are, but how clean they sound. Because she stacks so many vocals on top of each other. Yeah, how do they, there's how like, that money, like? Yeah, right. And it, it's essentially chords, you know? It's moving chords sometimes, but it sounds just totally clean. Yeah, yeah. I, that, I think that's all to do with the... Um, well, I don't know what that is, how, how she manages that. But um, I just that guy Phineas. Phineas is a bit of a genius. Phineas like. is very, very, very good. You know, he's you know, a, a legendary producer. Like. Yeah, Already. I don't know what else, he, what else he's... Um, what else he's done. But he did fucking, he's done um, loads of other pop artists. I think he did, I don't know if it was a clanny or who, but he did, he's done a few, like, for um, just, like, you know, standard kind of top 10 pop artists. Like, but he always, yeah. I suppose, like, the good thing about him is, like, he he kind of panders to the artists, like, with what a good producer does, like, you know, he doesn't, like, yeah. like, Billy, start music for her. He's done stuff, his own music is very poppy, poppy and pretty. His, his own music is unbelievable, like, it's fantastic. But fucking, I don't know. It's just kind of, I think a good, a good sign of a good producer is someone who kind of, you have to be a bit like a comedian. Like, you can't just be like, I'm fucking Rick yeah. Rubin and I'm going to produce like this. Because, like, yeah. first of all, you're not going to get anywhere and no one's going to want to work to you unless you're a fucking Kanye West and you just are anal yeah. about everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, all the best producers are very, very versatile. Like I said, when you see people doing loads and loads of different work with different people, like Disclosure and stuff, yeah. like even his old stuff, yeah. and the amount of things he's worked on are all so different. But it all feeds back into the stuff that you want to do. Like you can pick up things that you'd never have thought when you do something that's totally outside of your uh, wheelhouse, like genre-wise. You know, like I remember, like I didn't learn much from it, but I did when I was in in secondary school, like a couple of weekends playing with a gospel band, and it's just a totally different <laughs> style of. It was very strange. The whole the whole thing was was kind of weird, but. Um, it was a very different style of, of guitar playing, you know, yeah, and you yeah, learn a lot yeah, from yeah. it. You do, I think, mm. like, I think definitely, like, things like, I don't know, like, again, like, back, like, like stuff like gospels and choirs, like, whatever about your opinions on religion, like, it's like, it's fucking really weird how they, like, we went to see fucking Kanye when we were in LA, and it was yeah. him and, like, a hundred different singers. All of them weren't mic'd. He was yeah. mic'd up, all right, and, of course, the pastors and stuff. But, like, the fucking power of voice in unison is like incredible, like nothing else. Like it's nothing you could ever even imagine. Like just even happens. sheer volume. Yeah, like yeah. But it's if like had, when like, you go to see um, when you go to see an orchestra play or like a you know, yeah. it's like fucking. You and can't. The there's no possible. Like. There's no possible way of record of um of reproducing that out of a yeah. speaker because yeah, no, of how. No, no, no. The instruments are laid out and how the whole thing comes together and like the vibrations and just the frequencies that resonate. Yeah. Like it goes through your like you feel it in your like bones like yeah, so that's it. It's, it's tactile, you know. Compare, one thing I could compare that Sunday service thing was, was actually I saw Hans Zimmer live there. I saw Hans Zimmer live there a couple of years ago and like just like you were saying, it's it's not something that could ever be recreated. Yeah. It's just by listening to something, even with headphones or two speakers or something, it's just a totally different it's experience. The same, like. yeah. It's the same thing even though it's like as much as we love like digital stuff, like at, 
and the same when you have and you're able to do it you always go back to like relamps and having proper yeah. like the where the sound comes from at the start mm. of all analog and just acoustics like acoustics are like, like i think sure there's something as well about tone, like, it's like <laughs> there's something about tone. seeing that many people in collaboration around one song as well yeah, which nuts. is pretty like socially interesting yeah, you know, like it have all of these people who are committed to making this song happen where, you know, it's yeah. really a lot more powerful than just like one guy and a guitar or one guy on a laptop. Well, it can, I don't know, I think there's like, well, you know, sometimes, case you know. for both, like, yeah, I think, for sure. I think both are, you know what I mean? An orchestra can't do what mm, someone in uh, Cypress Avenue does with lacing into the techno, like. Yeah. But, <laughs> but if an orchestra did do techno like Jenny Greenwood thing, I mean, I've never seen it. Like, yeah, but, uh, uh, yeah, but it I think it's meant to be cla- like I don't know. There's 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 far against both. I do think orchestral is good, and I also think banging techno, banging techno is yeah. good. And also, but it, doesn't, you know, it serves a different purpose, you know. Yeah, like if like it's techno, orchestra, then yeah, like I'm the, not gonna go. And, <laughs> I'm not gonna go and people. get off my face at Hans Zimmer listening to the Gladiator <laughs> soundtrack, like. <laughs> Uh, well, you could. You could. I could, <laughs> but I, I don't do <laughs> What else does Hans Zimmer do? You know who's, you know who's terrible is... Um, He's the Lion King. He, <laughs> do you ever listen to the band of um, Danny Elfman? No, no, but I was meaning to They're called say. They're called Oingo Boingo. And oh, yeah! yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Oingo Boingo are class. Hi, Robert here from the editing room in my kitchen I was going to put in a little bit of Oingo Boingo here but I realised that that wouldn't be in accordance with copyright law so you're going to lift up yourself sorry <laughs> fuck Oingo Boingo but yeah I mean look you sound like your man Oingo Boingo <laughs> not the f***ing worst like nah but even say like Brian you know like producing like YouTube like it's mad he's got his mad like you know obviously ambient just yeah ambient weird stuff but like Again, he's a good example of tie back to the producers things of just like a very universally good musician. I think you have to be a good good musician first to be a good producer because like someone who just makes trap beats all day like isn't necessarily a fantastic producer because if you put them in with a fucking yeah. again an orchestra, they wouldn't know what to do. Whereas like someone like Brian Eno, he'd fucking make it work like. Yeah. You know what I mean? He'd fucking like he might not be able to score, maybe he does, I don't know what his theory level is or whatever but like he would go into that room well, like, and come out with something fucking shit hot whereas someone who just makes beats on fl studio and not like on down playing it or anything like yeah you can't i don't know rick rubin's a great producer because he just he, he can he do just, it all like yeah he can do it all like sure he did he, he produced a few slayer albums and everything like, he did slayer he did first well. and then he did he did saint anger wasn't it yeah, yeah he did saint anger oh, this shit um well he must be good <laughs> if he did saint anger that snare though i don't know i i actually don't even like like dislike that album too much like i still i think when i was a few bangers like i was 15 i just hated it because i was like oh it's not the real metallica Metallica at all why did they cut their hair (laughs) now i can kind of why is james hetfield walking around with gucci and dior bags out of fucking (laughs) geldof bergman or the fuck it's called i wonder (laughs) I wonder what point, <laughs> what point um, it will be in all of our lives when we can appreciate Lulu as an album. Oh my God. No. no like... <laughs> you know the, 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 uh, the Lou Reed album? Is that, is that what it's called? 
I, I, I can't remember I what it's called. Was, like, I am the was that the one something? that he wrote with? Lou Reed it together with Metallica. Yeah, yeah. I never it's watched. Metallica, and then Lou Reed is just doing like spoken words, poetry. I didn't over even it. know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. Fuck. I never listened to it. Or it's it's, it's uh, really something. It's it's um. No, like that's one thing as well that I never get is like, like as like say when you're a musician, is that big like. Anytime you try to do like anything experimental, I think that's the like, best thing about being like a startup band. You can kind of ex- experiment and get away with it. Say like, you know, Sonic Youth and their noise stuff and like all this yeah. stuff. Then kind of when you get big, you kind of have to like maintain it to stay relevant. But like when you fucking put out an album like that, like people just shit on it. But yeah. if they had done that to start, like I'm sure it would have been a cool quirky thing they did. And do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's weird. But like, then the thing is, the thing is, man, like no one would have listened to that if they had put it out at any point in their career. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, something that's in the past is going to be in perpetuity. Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. not... It's, it's not like, like... What, like, quantifies the great... Like, what's, like, the... I don't know. One thing I was thinking... The metric, what's the like, form, yeah, the recipe for, like, a, a classic album. Like, it's, it's like there is few and the far between of the albums. You can literally sit down and be like, yeah. this is great. But it's like... Is that my opinion of what's great? But like, it's yeah. not really like. Do you know what I mean? Well, There's it's, some it's, albums that are just great. Right? Like all three through. things, which is it has to be connected to a time and place that's significant to you. It's, yeah, culturally you know, yeah. as well. The actual tracks, and then I think that the, the, the like the cover art. You know, is that not a huge part of it? Like, can you think of one really massive. really good album that's not that doesn't What's have the, the perfect cover? King Crimson, like King Crimson, suck dick, man. But fucking that album cover is unbelievable. Like. <laughs> but it's all, you know, I think. Um, I it's forget. the best album ever. It's not like. It's... I'm going to pull a good quote here now. I can't remember where I got this from. But, and I think it's somewhere embarrassing actually. But in a market where you have lots of things that are essentially the same product, what you're, the most important thing is the story that you tell about the product. In this case, yeah, the marketing like art, that like... you do. You Why know? does this painting have a, a black dot in it and it's worth three million? It's a competition about who has the most compelling and marketing strategy and the most compelling story. Yeah, which you is know. kind of a, a bit of a drab, like. But I mean, well, I, I do think is. there's things for, you know, where, like, say, certain great albums, like, will just cut through the marketing bullshit. Like, yeah. I think Ed Sheeran now is not great, but his debut album is, like, fairly, like, it would be fairly hard to, like, yeah, no, it's a good, like, he's a good songwriter, and he's a very, yeah. um, I, I have a lot of respect for very prolific songwriters, like, people who can just yeah. pump out music yeah. like that, exactly, of yeah. that high quality. But his you know? newest song, what's it called? I don't even know, uh, oh, it's such a fucking Bonnie Burr ripoff, like, it's like, yeah. the, there's a vocoder the whole way through, and I was like, unless Bonnie Burr, like, produced it, like, great, like, but I don't know, it's like, he, initially, he was just, again, if we're going back to, like, the whole orchestra versus a dude with a guitar, like, he, he fucking does it. Like, one dude with a guitar captivates 80,000 people a night, like. I saw him live, I think it was 2015 in Croke Park, and it was honestly just, it was fucking class what he was doing, like, one man and the loop pedal, like. Sure, we were setting up the stage before. We were looking for jobs ages ago, we'd set up Ed Sheeran's stage. That was some car. It's, <laughs> it's crazy, though. Oh, work. Yeah. How how he can captivate such a large amount of people with so little, you know? And you think that be, surely that has to be the quality of the songs cutting through. Like that's the only yeah. thing that he has is the songs. Like he's yeah. great. He's a great songer. There's no fault. Like, like even when he's like those old videos of Bob Dylan in the in like the Albert Hall, and it's just him 
and yeah. a spotlight on him and there's nothing else except for him and singing like blowing in the wind or something and yeah, the free- fucking you know amplification then was terrible like he wouldn't even yeah. have a yeah. di or something or just be a the shitty microphone was like you couldn't hear them yeah like- what was it like over the crowds of girls just shouting like they, they didn't even like what was it people john, didn't even hear their music like, john lennon could only or that was it ringo could only see like john like the beat of the song because john lennon was tapping his foot like so he's just like all right i can see how he's tapping his foot so i'm yeah. just being him like yeah they can't even hear themselves like can you yeah i mean that's that's why you you know you thank monitors and soundsmen and all of that yeah. yeah, thank you, monitor. I mean, I think for bass-heavy <laughs> music as well, like, I mean, I think our kind of main focus is, like, to... Again, I suppose it's, like, of the time. Like, Bob Dylan with his guitar was cool because it was of the time, but I think, like, we're trying to, like, what's, what, what's like, our kind of generation's... Yeah, vibe? I was thinking about bass that. bass-heavy, like... I was going to say that I, sometimes I feel that um, Ed Sheeran and people of his ilk must feel a little bit restricted because... You know, when the Beatles were writing songs and they used to sell a lot of songs as well, like Lennon and McCartney, they could be very experimental in the styles that they chose. Whereas yeah. there's only a very select amount of styles that Ed Sheeran can work in. Like he can do acoustic or he can do kind of a, like a hip hop y thing, but he can't even go yeah. too far in the hip hop. Yeah, in case. Like it would be like it's he couldn't, kind of stupid. He released a psychedelic album, but even like but the whole compilation yeah. album he did with like Travis Scott and Stormzy and uh, stuff, like. Yeah. Sure. But it's like no. the same as KSI and like Youngblood, Youngblood and Polo G doing a song together. It's like, why are they doing it? It's like, I don't know. It's like, what did the kids like? Fortnite and well, yeah, Fortnite and YouTubers. Like, why are YouTubers now more popular than say bands like? Fuck, I don't even know why. Like, it's just like KSI has so much money, you can just pay, yeah. pay any artist in the world he wants to be on a song with them. I don't know. I just think it's a lot of bollocks. Like he's just. He is what I he think is, that like. the um, like the the market the way it is now, is such that you've a lot of room, like the, the the upper end of things is totally locked up and it's totally a specific style. But if you're doing anything below that, you've a lot of latitude in terms terms of style because you can find an audience a lot easier than. Yeah, I think say yeah. 30, 20 years ago. But I think like I remember I seeing a, a mad article about like say someone who sells. I think it was like 10,000 albums a year independent makes as much money as someone on a record label who sells 10 million or something because they're already splits are like 80, 20 like so you get yeah. not even like 20% is fucking 20% maybe unbelievable like, like 13% is probably more likely and then again some 8 so like I do like like the labels obviously front money so they need to get but like again if you had an investor in your business you wouldn't be giving them 92% of your fucking shares because yeah. they invested in you, like, do you know what I mean? You'd be giving them 20% for 100 grand or whatever, like, not the other way around, like. And, lo- and for 25 years or something exactly, like that. Exactly, like, you're locked into it. But I think, <clears throat> what is that? Yeah. Yeah. Where, I mean, like, they're it's very... better to be independent, in theory, 
like the thousand fan theory like was it if you have a thousand fans who give you a hundred quid a year it's a hundred yeah. grand a year kind of thing whereas it's like super like I've always thought this um, especially when my old band was starting out and things and you see it's everywhere people will fall over each other to rip off young musicians they will oh, man. Absolutely. go, go to funny. such great lengths and like there's so there's like an infrastructure for screwing over musicians of every people, level like, you know and it comes scene. back to the like pay to play thing yeah, yeah. no definitely yeah, like absolutely. there was like what was the one it wasn't uh what was that thing garage land or something when i remember when you pay for the gigs yeah you yeah so yeah, you yeah pay for the gigs or like the tickets that aren't sold or something so like yeah they're like all right you can play here if you sell 1500 tickets and if you don't sell 1500 tickets then you pay us it's like yeah what yeah, are yeah. it's a ponzi scheme for musicians age, like. yeah like broken agents who like you pay 350 quid to and they won't book you i mean i won't name names but well, I know the names, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, we won't say <laughs> like that. we won't say it for the, the sake of the, the. But um, I mean, it's incredible the amount of like the uh, amount of like pop up ads for paying to get on playlists and all of this stuff. And I'm sure people oh, do do this bad. and they give them the verified. Like we had one fella in our DMs. Um, he's verified. We we're like, great. He's asking about playlists. And he's like, X, Y, Z. These are all the playlists I have. You go look and you're like, all right, X, Y, Z amount followers. Great. It's 300 for a month, 400 for a lifetime spot in the playlist. You're like, that's real weird. Why would we be in a playlist forever if you're trying to make money off us? How many other people have you roped into this? And then, and then, you know, we went down to Reddit and checked your man's name. Actually, what is his name? like, that like you know what I mean? We don't other people getting yeah. off by him. Find yeah. his name there, but it's like that's the thing. There's loads of people doing exactly this kind of thing and but making like, stupid yeah, money off people doing it. Like, yeah. like, and it's not, like it's not like because obviously we're sold a dream. Like everyone, all anyone wants to be is to be. I don't know. I suppose as a musician, it's not even the fame. Really, I suppose the fame just brings the shows you the fact that you're accepted. Like you're all yeah. one. I'm, I'm accepted as this musician. Like, but it's so yeah, easy you, to sell that certainly... to people. Like. You certainly don't have this. I mean, you have this in every creative industry. I mean, I know it's the case for actors as well and things like that. But it's only in yeah. those kind of things. Like, I'm sure if we were into graphic design or voice work, we'd be, <laughs> it would be a similar yeah. thing, you know? But you don't have That's it so, in yeah, it's the accountancy, same. you know? There are scams everywhere. But intern, the like, intern, internships, I, I would say, like, are similar enough like i mean it's same similar as the paid player like it's like yeah you have to internship say you know you're from cork you have to go to dublin and intern like you're paying well yeah you're right i mean you you are right about that yeah for sure i mean there's a total infrastructure for for unpaid internships that's pretty pretty ridiculous i mean it's like i could go on about this about how you can you know, it's all it's all pretty egalitarian in Ireland about everyone can get into college uh, and not have to pay too much now. But try getting a fucking internship in Dublin and uh, not being and paid for it. Live in the city. Yeah, how are you going to right, you're rent, for that? So you're going to work for free and work probably another job. So, like, there's no free time. Like, you have to basically, like, again, and, like, time is the only real thing yeah. that we have. Commodity, like, all in all money and stuff is just made up made like like all we have is time like and it's it's finite like you know what i mean and you're going to give it to work it. for someone for free to then also work another job yeah. to fund you working someone for free but if, of course it, like, it is necessary i mean if you need to like we're talking 
I just know about in, in terms of these kind of things. I just know about law and specific, and you do have to do it. You know, like it depends on the size of the place, but you do have to at some point work for someone for free to to get your foot in the door. Exactly. Yeah. And well, I think it's kind of the same in music as well. There's a lot of like he gigs you have to pay, and I think it's just sort of paying your dues. Yeah, it's just part of it. Like until until yeah. you've kind of done, you know, you've done, done your, your share, thing, like, and then you and then you actually get paid for stuff. But like, I don't know. Like, is it just the new the new way? Like, obviously, we've just been brought up to like learn that that's normal. Like, I don't know anyone who's doing internship yeah. that's like questioning it. Like, but yeah. the other things like, oh, you can't work here unless you have experience. It's like, yeah. Well, the only way to get experience is to do a free fucking internship. It's like. I don't know. It's you're kind of like life is kind of geared for you to lose, no matter what profession you take, really, until you until you stop losing. But like that might not be till your thirties, and like what kind of life yeah. is that? I mean, I think a lot about um, you know, the you know, say barristers in specific. They after they graduate and after they qualify for this, we're going way off topic. But once they <laughs> qualify and stuff, you you spend about ten years where you're not going to make any money, right? And you just have to work and you do this process of deviling and pupillage where you're training as a barrister but you're not making any money because you have to establish a name but it's for yourself but is that not pretty much the case in every is that not the same thing in music you know you do about do a couple of years just playing bars and stuff i don't know it's all about building a reputation yeah no it's all the same i suppose like but i suppose in a way for certain things like say for for music like there's no right of passage like it's like yeah say when Robbie would draw his penis and we'd blame Hannah or whatever like like I wouldn't expect Fred Zeppelin's to pay us 500 quid to play a show a grand to play a show two grand to play a show yeah because who fucking knew who we were who knew whatever like, whereas, like, do you know what I mean it's like yeah. you, you won't get to that stage I suppose music specifically like no one's going to pay you unless you have you're going to bring people like unless you have a name you have to make exactly, your name like, you to make the only the way brands. to get a name is to play for free like so yeah, in a way, it does make sense for music. I, t- well, not real artistic things like because you can't just come in off the bat like, oh, I have a degree in music. I yeah, I minimum Which, two grand a show life. Fionn, like you know, you're saying, like you you can have a degree in music and it's not going to do you any good getting gigs and stuff. But it's the same in yeah. any other job. Like if you go into a law firm with a law degree. You know nothing about you know the principles and stuff. You know nothing about working there in the same. Nah, but again, law is like again like it's, it's the experience. same. Like it's like to be a good lawyer, you need it's basically you just need to be a really good debater. Like whether you're for or against, like if someone like literally depending on what you someone, do. I mean, like I would, I would, I would argue that it's more about you know it's different things, but it doesn't hurt. Yeah, but I I don't know. Like obviously, like there's a lot to, more to it, but like brass tacks like you've got people in front of you that you need to tell your story to well, and they it. need to believe you versus the other person well it's a game of narratives yeah but again you know. it ties back to the whole thing of like what makes a great album like who's got the better story like you're listening to making it make sense the podcast from real fear records if you'd like to get in touch with us, contact us on Instagram at realfearrecords or alternatively email us at realfearrecords at gmail.com. In 
label news, make sure to check out the debut four-track EP from our artist Scenic, longtime listener, first-time caller, which you can stream on Spotify now. You can also follow him on TikTok and Instagram at Scenic underscore music. In other news, The Love Buzz will be releasing a new single on April 30th. More information on this soon, and in the meantime, find them on Instagram at The Love Buzz. Now, back to the show. I was listening to a thing. I've been I've been getting really into this um, moral foundational theory. I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here, just as we're talking about like stories and stuff, right? About how fundamental stories are in our society, about how what's the theory like? Well, so the theory breaks down into that evolutionarily we've built up these five different um, moral foundations. So it's some stuff like disgust, you know, loyalty uh fairness stuff like that and it's common to all people by virtue of them being people but then on top of that you you build you know culture and everything and that's how you get specific um you know moral communities and when you have issues there is if you have two moral communities within a country which is what you have in the united states where you have left and right with totally different worldviews but what I'm to, to make this all make sense, I'm just gonna get like the the whole thing about <laughs> <laughs> But the whole thing is none of this functions without stories, you know? Yeah. Like society doesn't function without stories and it's hardwired into our genetics to be able to tell stories. You know, it's how we understand uh, the whole world. Yeah. I mean, it's not really in, it is, it is such a theory, like, as well as everything, like, you know, the theory. But I'm not doing like, it justice. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sure that uh, the guy who came up with it could explain it a lot better. I mean, yeah, I get the point. I think, I do think stories, like, are kind of our main way of understanding things. Like, even, like, say, in school, if someone tells you, like, oh, this is how you do X, Y, Z. But if someone told you a story of why, yeah. why this is why it is and how they discovered this is why it works like then you're like okay i can understand this but like x plus y minus whatever the fuck why why do you ever try to do you ever try to work stories into your lyrics or is it more i noticed that your lyrics are a lot like say you know to take an example of bowie and kurt cobain where all of their lyrics are sort of i think there's a similarity between those because it's sort of little descriptions of things and there's no coherent. Yeah. There's, there's usually no in your lyrics anyway. There's no coherent story from start to finish. Do you ever try to do that or? Um. Yeah. No. Like it's always something I wanted to get into. Like a story about doing ballads. Yeah. I mean, I have. You know? I have one written about. I won't actually even say what it's about. But it's, yeah, it was. We have one song that's kind of story based that we might be releasing soon. Um. I don't really want to, anyone to know what it's about because it's actually disgusting. But. I don't know, yeah, I think most of our lyrics are just, like, brain farts, like, and then somehow they kind of make sense. Like, I just kind of write what I think at the time. Extreme consciousness. Yeah, extreme consciousness. That's it. Like, I, lo- I love, like, Bukowski. Like, I think he's, like, my favorite writer. Just because, like, you just be reading it, and it's, like, it's, like, things you think in your brain that you would never say out loud. But it just is so, I don't know, comforting to know that other people feel like that. I, like, I, like, get a lot of bad intrusive thoughts. And yeah. I try to, like make them make sense i was always afraid of them like for a long time but then when you read someone like because is just like literally talking about 
again, yeah, I won't say for the podcast sake, but just, yeah. just really disgusting things. Like he just writes them down, but like they're things that everyone thinks like, and it's like something like, like you think 70,000 thoughts a day or something of that yeah. nature, something absolutely absurd. And like 80 something percent of people experience intrusive thoughts. Like, constantly. Yeah. So, like it's, it's just how much attention you pay to them. It's like, if you have an intrusive thought, that's like just really disgusting. Something that like shouldn't be ever a thought. But if you like hold weight to it, then you get really sad about that, the fact that you had it. But like, if you just let it happen and go, oh, that was a crazy thought. Like, that's just what the fuck is going on there? Like, and let it yeah. pass. Then you don't kind of dwell on it too much. So yeah, but it is a yeah. stream of consciousness. But like, I feel like um, you have a lot of that in in Kanye's writing. Yeah. You know, yeah, he goes into probably, intrusive thoughts sometimes. It's probably just a thought he had, like, but. And he just puts it on paper, and that's what you have to admire about him. Like it's like he—he's a funny fucker as well. Yeah, he's sure. funny as fuck, and he—but he doesn't yeah. hold back. Like like a lot of people have weird thoughts like that, and would just never share them with the world. But because he does, he's more—he's giving away a lot more of himself than the, the average artist does. Like Ed Sheeran talking about going down to the pub and chatting sure. up some young one. Sure, sure. Like, off, like, do you know what I mean? I want to hear what you're thinking about, like while you're doing that. Like, are you thinking like I'm going to? the barman like uh, what are you thinking like what's your intrusive thought at that moment yeah i don't know if like i i i i i certainly admire people who can do that who can write in that way something i've noticed about tiktok which has you know become my life is that <laughs> when you have an algorithm as good as that that can get to know you so well it starts bringing up very personal stuff that yeah you didn't realize was so common you know like it's the thing about stand-up comedians as well as they sometimes talk about things that you didn't realize were universal or general. And it's the same thing with TikTok, but it's more specific. You know, very yeah. small things that you're like, I didn't realize everyone did that, you know. Mm. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's cool in lyrics when people are just very, very honest and it, it's, it's, so, um, it's so personal that it's, it's universal. Yeah, that's you the know? thing. Because like, people don't talk about, like, their feelings enough. Not, like, to be like, oh, whatever, but, like, you know, Again, especially like in in Ireland, like you literally have had the worst air life. Like, how are you getting on? Oh, I'm grand. How are you? Like inside, you're yeah. just dying. Like it's like, but when someone you know has the balls to stand up and be like, you know what? I'm not actually okay. Like I don't fucking feel good all the time. I fucking hate my life. I think it's shit, but I'm gonna keep going because I don't want to fucking. Do you know what I mean? End it all. Like, but like I am struggling. And when someone says that, you're like, oh my god, I feel the same way. But I just been telling everyone I'm grand. Like, so it's good to know other people feel the same way as you. Like. Yeah, you'd wonder how much of that is is a specifically Irish thing. I think most other, well, depending on the countries, depending on the culture, they'd, they'd be slightly more open about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. I think, uh, it's slightly like, I think, I know a lot of kind of other countries are, are a bit more open about it, but like, still like, it's not... It's not widespread enough for you. Yeah, it's yeah. not widespread enough. Like, And even if it is, there's still people who are afraid to say what they feel about life like because it's again it's just a it's a weird thing like you don't want to feel bad like no one and you don't want other people to feel bad that you feel bad like so you kind of just you know it's almost innate to like kind of keep it inside like yeah well we don't do things unless they make sense that's why we're making it make sense with real fear (laughs) record (laughs) that'll be the uh (laughs) the intro then (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and now we have a word from our sponsor. <laughs> There's a boat stuck in the Suez Canal. The 
instrumentations and how did you go about recording that did you so you had a you had a demo and then did you yeah. show it to the rest of the band and they record or did they work on it or how does that work yeah well i did the demo and we kind of then went to like record it or they even put any guitars or anything on did we I don't know. we just mix so, stuff no we just mix it yeah like so say like a private set of like was a demo and then we kind of like so it was, yeah, private said it was a demo and we all worked on it and like re-recorded some stuff. But like Larry from my mental health, I'm pretty sure it was a demo and we just mixed the master it and made it better or whatever. I think the only end we had in was the drone that you can hear like very low throughout it. We got um, a message there from <laughs> one of our listeners saying that only Irish people are miserable because we don't get enough vitamin D. Now I'd be inclined to I'd be inclined to say that there's probably something behind that, honestly. Like I know whenever the sun comes out, everyone should the, be living in the, the frowns go, yeah. go go away. Yeah. I don't yeah, like I mean, again, obviously like I, I would definitely say Irish people would be better in seasonal depression probably than the average country, but like yeah. indeed, definitely. It's actually nuts how how much of an effect like just yeah. I mean again it's like you know, is it nature or nurture like say with psychopaths spit a boat like same with Ireland like is it nature or just the fact you just are depressed like <laughs> well I've always been of the opinion that um, um, I knew that nobody should be living here in this island at all you know like there's no reason for anyone to be living on this fucking yeah back to the instruments yeah sparse uh, all demo like a lot like so there was the the bit like the drums so we had the drums to start with um very sparse then we then i made the kind of like pitched in bass line i think and then just guitars like see one guitar that's just normal pitch and then the second one is just a bit high pitched but there's actually like a weird kind of glitch in it that um it's fair the whole song i won't really try to point, point it out too much because it's kind of hard to on air when you hear it but uh i just looped the guitar wrong and it made this really weird, like, kind of glitchy noise. It's kind of in the background. But it's, um, yeah, sparse, simple, sweet. Uh, like a kind of, I don't know, like a pad type. <laughs> <laughs> That's the vibe we're going for, like, just pad type, like, nice, but not you find too it, much. Do you find it takes a long time to come up with all of the, the instrument parts, or is that the quickest bit? I find the lyrics are always the, the bit that drags on. Yeah, I don't like, I hate writing lyrics. I try as little as possible to write lyrics. Unless yeah. something's really good that um, it's all right to get away without writing lyrics. Like. I have a, a, like a, my system at the moment, and I've been like churning them out for the last two months or so, is since I've started doing this, which is just recording like one line, stopping, listening back, two second sentence, Third sentence, delete, reverse, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do, do you ever do it like that? Never. Ever. Like, the most I'll ever leave a song I finish is I'll write the chorus and never write verses. I hate writing yeah. verses. I like writing choruses. I think choruses are really easy to me. I think verses, I struggle with. Again, because, like, I suppose back to the whole thing of, like, you're on a bit of, like, telling a story. Like, I don't know. I just find out how to tell a story. I just try... I just try to, like, brain fart it the... Uh, the lyrics, like. 
Yeah. So verse verse is a bit complex, like unless it just comes naturally and then it's just easy. Something cool I saw on TikTok as well. It's like a songwriting tip was that, you know, and th- there's no way, but but a crude way to express it is to not blow your load in the first verse. You know, so sometimes <laughs> if you write the first, you write the first verse and it's really all your character development is there. Yeah. Push that to the second verse and then write a more general first verse was the tip which i think makes sense because often when you write the first verse you're like discovering the whole story of the song yeah. then you know i, I know, thought I it was interesting like, i know, i like the kind of structure of like like the classic pop structure of like chorus first chorus bridge end. like i don't really like writing a second verse and if i do i'd probably start off the second verse with the first line and the first verse because i just yeah bridges are tricky things. yeah i like i don't know I just don't generally like writing like unless it's good like because I, I don't know I'm so I'm a very harsh critic like and I think yeah. most of the stuff I write is bad and then I might listen back to it in like six months or a year and I'm like geez that's actually really good but I just I just always yeah. downplay it like yeah I mean it's, it's hard to yourself, like it's hard like it's pretty much impossible to to be able to add a, you know judge your own work yeah at the time like it's always going to sound a little bit shit in your own ears because you you hear all of the imperfections like. Yeah. Like, I can't listen to those songs I put up the other day at all. Yeah. Because like, they all sound, except for the last one, which is from, like, four years ago. So like, the minute you first that, release something, it's like, yeah. you never, ever want to hear it again. Then you come back to yeah. the year, and you're like, that's a banger. That's the biggest anti-climax ever when you release yeah. songs. Yeah. It's like all but the work I, you put in, and you're like, oh, it's out now, whatever. I couldn't listen to any of the, the Peanuts stuff for, like, about a year and a half. And then I listened back to it, and I was like, oh, no, I, I get why some people like this, like... But yeah, I used to think it was really sick. very just like badly recorded and the songs were terrible and you know like yeah, but you always do like like you always initially you're like oh it's not good enough whatever I think I suppose it's because like in your head you're like oh, I love this so much I really want the world to see it and then when the world does see it again the anxiety kind of kicks in that like well yeah. oh shit what if they don't but well, I, well yeah, I don't like that's it anyway it. so it doesn't even matter if they don't like it like do you know what I mean that's it's it. hard to stand proud over it like but it's crazy because in the periods after you record it, like, I don't know, like, I, what I do is I listen to it, like, all the time when I'm walking along just to get a sense of what it sounds like in different situations. Yeah. Like, what does it sound like if I'm listening to it in the shower versus if I'm cooking? Does it change the, the character of the song? But then afterwards, yeah. you're like, well, it's shit in every situation. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, there's, there's... I think, yeah, but it's just, yeah, so you nitpick the fucking most... I don't know the littlest thing like, it's just like yeah. yeah it's like oh what if I made this 2 BPM faster or slower like it's just a bit too fast when I'm but like it's just because you just drank like fucking three cans of monster energy bro chill out man yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's like when you're recording you can just rush through the whole thing and you don't care about any of the imperfections yeah no until... I suppose it's flow state versus not flow state like when you're in flow state and you're writing it it's like yeah, you know, that's it's letting everything out of you, so it just feels totally. great. Like, but then when you kind of go back and and then kind of try to brush over it, you're like, oh, but but because I, I suppose like it's hard for you to understand it too, like because like you're not in the same mind, yeah, frame. mindset, yeah, as you were when you wrote it. So you're like, well, I don't even get this. Like, I think that's the good thing about you know not really explaining too much what the lyrics are about to people because everyone can take up their own meaning. But the minute you say like this is about when I rolled over my dog. Be like, oh, I thought it was a love song, and it helped me through yeah. the breakup. Like, 
I guess I always feel like songs don't really mean too much until other people prescribe meaning. To, like they have their own meaning to you, but it doesn't yeah. really matter what you think of them at all because, you know, because the other people haven't, anyone else who listens to the song hasn't lived through that experience. Yeah. So they don't know it as intimately. Like it doesn't make sense for them unless they prescribe their own meaning to it, you know? That's, what, that's maybe why again back to the old Ed Shiro, like why his music is so universal is because it just means nothing. He just writes stuff about just yeah. be like, oh, well, you know, we're going to write this song about when you love someone and then they cheat on you. And yeah. That's just universal feeling. So like universal people get, it's not that deep. Like, do you know what I mean? Well, that's all like uh, pop Beige, music like. is like that. You know, it's just very open. Yeah. It's like so, chips. Chips and potatoes. Yeah. Like. It's rice, you know, it's the rice yeah. music. <laughs> Just goes with just goes with everything. Like I mean, it's hard. We're discovering a lot in this in this conversation. I feel it's very it's very um, windy. Yeah. But will we leave it at that? Let's let's try and wrap it up here. Let's. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's, this is a wrap up message. Over I think we got some good. We got some good. There. Yeah, we'll I agree. You've been listening to Making It Make Sense, a podcast from Real Fear Records. Check us out on Spotify, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Real Fear Records. See you next time.